Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria. Here to break down this wonderful Monday, November 29th card for everybody. Be riding solo on this show. Uh, my good friend Harris Kermani is normally on with me on these Monday slates, but he's actually at the game. He's at the Raptors game. Gave me the heads up. He's probably going to be running late, having some troublesome weather up there. Love having him on, but nonetheless, the show must go on. So I'll be here talking about this nine-game card all by my lonesome. As always, when these cards are a little bit bigger uh, and I'm by myself, I try to motor on through. Still packed full of information. Still going to talk about every game, every scenario, every player I do like, players I don't like. But don't want to sit here and talk to you guys by my lonesome all night. That's never fun to hear one voice for the entire night. So... As we're talking about this, it is the night before, so just a premature notion that we will not have all of the lines, all of the spreads. Should have everything listed on the injury report. Might not be everything, uh, but it's a good first look, good first take. Obviously, things adjust, so make sure you're following us on Twitter and you are in that Discord chat to get all the updated information as the day continues tomorrow. So before we jump into anything, quick shout-out to our presenting sponsor over at Manscaped. Guys, head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code HOOPBALL20. You get 20% off plus free shipping on your entire purchase, whether you want to just pick up the new and improved lawnmower 4.0. As you always hear me uh, mention, the best male grooming trimmer that there is out there has a light built into the top. That way you can see what you're doing uh, down in the most important region when you're trimming, as well as these nice quick charging ports. Waterproof. It has everything you need, and it has the finest finest of uh of teeth on it and which is super important as you can imagine because less nicks less less cuts uh check them out guys manscaped also have the perfect package kit everything you need for the holiday to get somebody and use that promo code hoopball20 to get 20 percent off plus free shipping so we will dive right into this like i said nine games don't want to keep everybody here all day all night whenever you might be listening to this on your car ride uh, but the first game of the night, we have Orlando Magic traveling to Philadelphia, taking on the Sixers. It's 211 and a half game total. No spread just yet. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Magic do not have an injury report yet submitted. So we're going to be waiting on that one. And then for the Sixers, Shake Milton is questionable. Paul Reed is in the G League. Ben Simmons is still out due to personal reasons. So we'll start off with Orlando here. Obviously, the biggest news that we're going to have to see would be our friend Cole Anthony, as well as Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba set out that last game due to back spasms and actually updated just now. Uh, Cole Anthony has been ruled out for Monday's game already. So that means that usage will probably be spread around again between guys like Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, and a little bit to Wendell Carter Jr. as well. Gary Harris will most likely draw that start at the two. For the most part, nine games on the slate. I don't have a ton of interest in this game. If I were to look at anybody, it would probably be Wendell Carter Jr., who's just been smashing at 6,300. Uh, it's still too cheap for him. For as good as he's been playing, for the extra shot attempts that he's been taking, I like him actually a little bit better if we do see Mobamba playing because I just don't want to get the guy that could get into foul trouble going against Embiid. We'll let Mobamba do that. Mobamba plays, won't be playing him. So it's really just going to be Wendell Carter Jr. for me. Uh, that's probably it. If you think this game gets out of hand, you could look at RJ Hampton. He'd probably see some more minutes off the bench. But with the nine games, we'll talk about some value. Not a ton of interest in him as, as well. So just mostly Wendell Carter Jr. for me. On the other side of the ball, 
Not a lot of interest here either. Everybody's kind of priced appropriately. Joel Embiid coming in at 10-5. You'll hear me say it throughout the night and throughout the podcast. I just don't have a ton of interest in spending up on much of anybody. You know, there's a few options we could look at, and some I, I like better than others. But there's a lot of good value in the mid-tier that I, I see myself going to more often than not. And being able to get one of those extra mid-tier guys, I think, is going to pay off. So, not a whole lot of interest over here. Um, if I'm looking anywhere, it might just be some of the value that we've been taking advantage of, but really not considered value anymore. I think Maxi's priced appropriately at 7300 He's just been churning out close to 5X games, but we're looking for a little bit more than 5X. So keep him in your player pool. If you want to take stabs at guys like Thibel, I think he's still relevant. Uh, he's been performing pretty well, 3700 decent value play, but just doesn't have an overall great ceiling because we know he doesn't put up those 20 actual point games. He'll get you the defensive stats, probably a better FanDuel play than DK, but still in play on both sides, regardless. On to the next game, Denver Nuggets traveling to Miami. This one's a 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game. As far as a game total and spread, it's a 204 game total. Right now, we do not have a spread because we're still waiting to see on the big news, which is uh, Nikola Jokic is questionable. Bones Highland is questionable. P.J. Dozier has been ruled out for the season, as we know, towards ACL. And Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., both those guys still out for the foreseeable future. For Miami, they have yet to submit an injury report as of the time that we are recording this. So we'll start with Denver. Jokic is probably getting very close to returning. Uh, he was seen taking shots in the last game in pre-warm-ups and pre-game warm-ups without a brace on his hand. And if that's the case, I would imagine that if he didn't play that one, he's probably getting pretty, pretty close. So if it's not in this game, it'll probably be the next game. But either way, no interest for me in Jokic. Just don't like targeting centers going against Bam. It'll be his first game back. Now, I'm not going to talk you off a ledge if you wanted to play Jokic. It makes sense. The dude is walking 50 to 60 points on a nightly basis. But this is not the exact matchup I want to target him coming back to. Uh, outside of him, I think, you know, we could always take looks at guys like Will Barton, who keeps getting the shot attempts, keeps having good games. But again, I don't love this matchup for any of these guys. If Jokic sits, I think we could keep looking at guys like Jermichael Green and Jeff Green, those two guys, you know, getting an extra minutes boost. Jeff Green will probably get that minutes boost regardless, but he's all the way up to 4,600 now. Less of a value play that I want to attack. So I think everybody's kind of just priced right in this matchup. And not guys that I really want to target and feel comfortable going to. Uh, if you're doing maybe a little mini game stack, that makes sense in that case. But otherwise, I don't think this is a game that we need to stack. On to the Miami side of things. The two injury, uh, two guys that we know are questionable will be Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero missed that last game. Uh, it was two different conflicting reports. One said illness. The other one said general body soreness. So we have to keep an eye on that. I imagine he will play um, if it was a cold or if it was body soreness, unless it's a bad one. Uh, I'm expecting him to suit up. Jimmy Butler's the guy that we need to keep an eye on. He's dealing with a tailbone bruise or a tailbone issue. If he sits, obviously that's a big boost for guys like Hero and Kyle Lowry. I would have a ton of interest in both those guys if he does sit. If they if he plays and if Hero plays, the only guy I'd probably have any interest in this matchup would be Kyle Lowry at 7K. I just like the price tag. You know, he hasn't been churning out huge performances as of late, but I'll keep him in my player pool. Not one of my favorite plays of the of the night or anything like that, but definitely in the player pool, a guy to monitor where if you land on him, I wouldn't hate it. Just not a guy that I've been gravitating towards too much at all this season, let alone in a, a matchup where if everyone's healthy, the usage gets spread out, all that good stuff. If Hero sits, Gabe Vincent went off uh, for 30 minutes, 6 of 11 shooting, put up 33.5 DK points. 
doesn't feel like value I want to chase, but it also feels like you know there's worse value out there. So just keep an eye on the injuries. Obviously, that's going to gener- uh, affect the the slate drastically, and we're just going to want to see who's actually suiting up. And it's an earlier game, so we should have that news before lineups lock. Moving on to the next game, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Finally, a juicy one that we can have some have some shares of, and get some interest in. It's going to be the Charlotte Hornets traveling to Chicago. 224 game total. No spread just yet for the Hornets. Vernon Carey in the G League. Actually, the only, everybody's in the G League. The only real injury is Mason Plumlee. He's been ruled out already. And then for the Bulls, Javante Green is probable. Patrick Williams, as we know, is done for the season. So this is going to be a pretty interesting matchup, not just because it's any team going against the Hornets, which I love the target, because we have the Ball Brothers. Uh, two Ball Brothers will be competing against each other. Lamella Ball coming in at 10-4, had a load of him in that Rockets game. Had a load of everybody in that Rockets game uh, in that last slate. He's in play for me at 10-4. He's probably one of the studs I would spend up on if I were. It'd probably be him, and we'll get to the other guy later. Just don't want to give away a, a spoiler alert just yet. But, again, I don't see myself in too many of my builds so far, spending all the way up. But at 10-4, he's definitely in play. He actually played well against his brother last season when he was in New Orleans. So it's not something I'm I'm shying away from necessarily just because the older brother theory and all that. He, he played well against them. So I think he's in play outside of him. I'd be looking at P.J. Washington again. He's going to draw that start most likely with Plumlee out. Played 35 minutes in that overtime game. Now, it's not a back-to-back or anything like that for him. So I'm expecting him to get a full workload in this one where he should be seeing anywhere between 28 to 32 minutes. It's going to be a tough challenge for him on the other side of the ball. But at 5,100, the, up, the guy has a ton of upside if he's playing 30-plus minutes. He can get it done with rebounding, blocks, steals. Uh, he shoots the three ball pretty well as well. Actually, over the last two games since he returned, he's 8 of 11 behind the arc. So a little unsustainable of shooting percentage over these last couple games. But I, I'm still expecting some pretty good things from him. So P.J. Washington at 5,100, I think he makes for a great mid-tier value play. He'll probably be fairly chalky. I think a lot of people will go to him. And then looking at some of these other options, I don't, I haven't been playing Gordon Hayward much at all this season, but 6,300 keeps him in my player pool. And then I don't think this is going to be the Terry Rozier game. He's been playing great over the past few. If you want, I won't argue against it. But at 7,100, the price tag's starting to get up there where we could start considering other options. So for me, it's really just going to be LaMelo, P.J. Washington, and a little bit of Gordon Hayward. On to the Chicago side of things. Got to love everybody on this team right now. Bottom line. Uh, we talk about it all the time on the show. Teams going against Chicago, they're usually getting a pace bump. Chicago, uh, Charlotte was third in pace, one of the league's worst defenses as well. So this is going to be a pick them apart kind of Chicago game. I think everybody's absolutely in play. One that stands out to me is Vucevic at 8,300. Probably one of my favorite center plays on the slate. Just the price is starting to dip and simply because he just hasn't been shooting the ball well at all this season. Once he puts together one of these decent shooting nights where he's shooting 60 or 70%, which we've seen from him plenty of times in the past, we're going to be looking at 50 DK point games. Uh, even in the bad shooting games, he's getting anywhere between 35 to 40. So still gives you that comfortable floor. Going against a centerless team pretty much because P.J. Washington is undersized. I believe he's only like 6'8". Uh, yeah, sign me up. I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, all over Vooch in this matchup. Outside of him, you could look at Lonzo at 7K. He thrives in these pace-up matchups. Guess what? Going against his brother and all that good stuff as well. But the pace-up matchup is what I really want to be concerned with. They're going to be running. This Bulls team will be running. So looking at guys like Levine and Lonzo, two guys that thrive at open court, I'm all for. Wouldn't fault you if you wanted to play to Rosen. Dude's a potential MVP at this point, but I'll probably shy away from him at the 8,700. I'd rather have Levine. I'd rather play Vucevic. 
And I think Lonzo is very much in play as well. On to the next game. OKC traveling to Houston, taking on the Rockets. This one should be another pretty fantasy-friendly game. Two terrible teams going at it. 2-12 game total. Uh, no spread, but you imagine it'll be fairly close with how bad both these teams are. And, I mean, the Rockets are kind of just upsetting a few teams, which we see. They beat the Hornets. They beat the Bulls that we just talked about. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe they just struggle against super bad teams and the ones that they're not supposed to win. They, they can come out here. Uh, we don't have an injury report just yet, so we're going to have to wait and see on, on both sides of the ball here. Uh, Shea ended up suiting up for that last one. He should be available in this one at AK. He played 34 minutes in that last game, so he should be fine, should be good to go. Um, we already saw these two teams face twice this season, um, and in that case, Shea's average is about 32.6 DK points, so nothing overly exciting, but we know the matchup's fantastic, and if you want to look at him and target him, I would not fault you one bit. There's a few other guards on the slate that you'll hear me talk about that I think I like a little bit more, but he's definitely in play, nonetheless. Uh, outside of him, I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl is in play. The minutes were down in that last one against Washington. Uh, but the dude before that has been routinely putting out good games if he's getting the minutes. In 22 minutes against his team this season, he's averaging about 19, 20 DK points. So that gives us a nice, comfortable 5X. If he plays 30, I imagine he hits the closest to 25 to 30 DK points. Again, not one of my favorite value plays, but he's in play. And then if you want to look at some of these other ancillary options, I wouldn't fault you. I haven't been playing much Baisley, so I'll probably just continue that trend and not look at him at all. But Josh Giddy, I think, is very much in play. Um, starting to really get comfortable, really starting to get more assertive in the offense. The only downfall is a 6,500. I don't love that price tag, coupled with the fact that Shea is back in the lineup. A lot of that damage he was doing was with Shea off the floor. And that's probably it. Uh, Dort would be a GPP play, nothing really notable in cash. On the other side of the ball, Houston, where I'll probably have a little bit more of the interest. Christian Wood coming off of an absolutely monster game. He absolutely crushed the Hornets, put up a career-high 33 points. And I, I think this is a situation where we could go back to the well. At 8200 you know, he comes into play right next to Vucevic at a very similar price tag. Uh, Vuce only $100 more. I think even if one is spend up on a double center scenario, you easily could. If you if you had trouble picking in, you know, between these two guys, I'd probably go by your game scripts, you know, who, who you're playing on the other side of the ball, that sort of thing. And I think Wood is certainly in play. He's averaging 46 DK points against this team in two games this season. He's coming off of a, a monster game. The usage is increased with Jalen uh, Green off the floor, which is going to happen for at least the next week. So sign me up. I am good for some Christian Wood in this one as well. And then if you want to look at Kevin Porter Jr. again, he got he's getting a big price bump, $1,000 up off of that last one. Um, again, the usage will be there. The ball handling responsibility is pretty much all his at this point. So I'm good with KPJ. In this matchup, 6,800, both these guys very, very much in play. I think you can look at a lot of these Rockets guys. Uh, it sounds foolish, even though you know Jalen Green was knocking down all the shots or whatever, but he was taking a, a sizable amount of usage, and he should pretty much distribute that amongst the main guys. We saw Garrison Matthews draw the start. He played 38 minutes in an overtime game. Dude could shoot the three ball, and that's just the bottom line. If he's hot, he's hot. He's going to pay that off pretty easily. He's definitely a solid value play with the 4K, uh, you know, with the price increase, $600 going from 34 to 4K. A little less enticing, but the matchup is still rock solid. I don't mind that whatsoever. And at 4K, dual eligibility, I'll keep in my player pool. So it's really those three main guys, Wood, Porter Jr., and uh, Matthews. And then if you wanted to sprinkle in Eric Gordon, I, I wouldn't mind that as well either at 5200 all four of those guys are very much in play. I'm not much of a Jay Sean Tate guy myself. I know a lot of people out there like to play him. 
And if you do, I won't talk you off of them. I just love these guys' price tags. I don't think they've gone up enough. I think we'll probably see Porter Jr. drift up to the 7,200 range. Wood will probably get to 85. Uh, Matthews, he's probably priced appropriately. And Eric Gordon will probably get to 57, 5,600 uh, over the next few games. On to the next game, another fancy-friendly game. We have the Indiana Pacers traveling to Minnesota, taking on the Timberwolves. 215.5 game total for the injury report. Don't have one yet. We're going to have to keep an eye on that one. But we'll start off with the Pacers here. Living in that mid-tier, I think this is a good spot to do it, and I think this is a good team to attack. I like all three of their top dogs. Demonis Sabonis coming in at 8,400. It's a good matchup for him. Um, only time that Sabonis struggles to really pay off his salary is when either he gets into foul trouble or the game gets out of hand. I expect this game to be fairly close. I know that Minnesota is coming off of an overtime game, and this could be another one written up. Uh, I expect this to- this game to be back and forth. And Sabonis at 84, he's another one of those guys where I love that price tag. I like that yeah, mid-tier range tonight. Dual eligibility, I think we can I think we can definitely look at Sabonis. If you wanted to take a look at Brogdon, he's very much in play as well. Um, outside of the last game, the three previous games, he put up at least 37.5 DK points. The dude's been getting a load of minutes all season long. Sign me up. I'm good with Brogdon. And then I normally don't play Miles Turner, and not something I normally want to do. He can either get into foul trouble or he can pay off that salary. He's a very GPP-like player for me tonight. I already talked about some other centers I'd rather play. But for a mid-tier center, I always look at guys going against Carl Anthony Towns because we know he doesn't play much defense at all. And it could go one of two ways. He's either going to crush the slate or he's going to get into foul trouble super early. And we're going to see Sabonis slide over to center and take advantage of that. So don't play those two guys alongside of each other, but you can definitely look at one. And I'm not going to play Karis LeVert unless we hear that that minutes restriction is lifted. Now, if it is at 5,300, I think that's a very, very profitable price tag. He's getting the usage. He's getting shot attempts. But with the restriction that he's kind of been faced with the back injury, with the back soreness, it's been up and down minutes as of late. Uh, played 27 in the last one. Managed to play 31, 34, I mean, against Toronto. So I'm imagining it's pretty close to being restricted or lifted. But I, it's, I wouldn't go heavy on the Pacers. I think these are kind of like one-off type guys unless you're game stacking it completely. So maybe if you're not playing Sabonis or Brogdon and you still want to get exposure, I think Levert can do that. But if I'm playing like one of Brogdon or Sabonis, I'm probably not playing Levert too. On the other side of the ball, Carl Anthony Towns, 9,700. Don't mind it, but I'll probably take a pass. Um, told you, I'm, I'm just not into spending up on it. I don't love the matchup for him necessarily. Edwards at 79, I do think is in play. This dude has just been balling. It was an overtime game and all that, but that, that big block at the end of the game on Embiid, uh, this dude's just willing to win and do whatever it takes to get it done. The usage will be sky high for him all season long. He's been struggling with his three-point shot as of late. Over the last two games, he's only hit two of 12 from deep. If he gets that right in this one, expect a big one from him. No thank you on D'Angelo Russell, just another one of those guys. I just never get right. Went off for 16 that last one. Not chasing it, though. I just don't think it's a, it's a chaseable stat that we want to do. The other guy I do want to talk about, though, is to be Jared Vanderbilt. Um, this is the type of matchup for him. Double bigs. He should see close to 30 minutes, I imagine. At least 25 to 26 has been his floor. Played 36 in that last one because it went to OT, so don't read into that too completely. But the rebounds have been there for him night in and night out. I expect them to continue being there for him. And this is just one of those matchups where they're going to need a size. Bottom line, if anything happens to Cat, foul trouble, whatever, it's only a bonus because he slides over to the five. But I think Vanderbilt is very much in play at 4,800. So for me, it's really just going to be Edwards and Vanderbilt. Um, with We can... Oh, excuse me. Uh, we could continue looking at Beasley, but he's not necessarily that that 
rock solid value play on a nine game slate. He's a little bit more of a GPP ish with Beverly out. He's been getting a little bit of extended run, but I don't trust it completely to say, yeah, go load him up in your cash lineups. Excuse me while I take a quick sip of water. All right. Cleveland traveling to Dallas, taking on the Mavericks 205 and a half game total. Right now, Jalen Brunson is questionable. Frank Nittaklina has been ruled out. Nothing yet for the Cavs. We'll start off with the Cleveland team, the away team. As always, Darius Garland at 7,700. Dude's been playing absolutely fantastic. The shot attempts continue to be there for him. He is very much in play at 77. In fact, that's one of the guys I prefer over guys like Russell. Uh, you'll hear a lot of guards right now on tonight in that like 7,700. I think I prefer him over Shea unless I'm game stacking that. Probably prefer him over Edwards. Um, Brogdon, it gets a little tougher. I think that I think that matchup's very, very close. Brogdon's also $300 cheaper. But I prefer him over a lot of those other guards that we just talked about in a few of those other games. So if you're living in that price range and you land on that price range, I definitely looked, uh, I'd look at him. I like him. Uh, outside of him, Mobley, Jared Allen, the two big men, both of these guys have been absolutely crushing night in and night out. We thought Jared Allen might slow down ever so slightly. And it could happen with Mobley back. You know, we're seeing a lot of those bigger rebounding performances. Um, but I always talk about it. Dallas stinks against bigs. I prefer Mobley over him point per dollar because Mobley, I think, is just slightly underpriced at 6700 Managed to play 33 minutes in his first game back, and that was the one thing I was wondering. Was he going to be restricted? He wasn't. Not a picture-perfect matchup going against a guy like Porzingis necessarily, but 6700 very, very much in play. His skill set. He could get it done in so many different ways, whether he scores, rebounds, blocks shots, he gets steals for a big man, he steps out and hits the three-point shot. He does so much where at 6,700, he can be off on shooting and still pay that salary off. So Garland, Mobley, very, very much in play for me. And then Ricky Rubio is nothing but a GPP flyer. I'm not a guy I'm overly interested in unless he draws a start, which that in that case, yeah, sure, I'd be okay with it. So it's really just going to be Garland and Mobley. That's probably it for me. Marketing, I'm good with because the rebounding upsides hindered a little bit now that both these big bigs are back in the lineup. Then looking at the Dallas side of the ball, it's only one guy for me. It's Luca. Uh, I, you know, I don't see myself going to him all that much and spending up on him. Eleven three is a pretty price tag, pretty big price tag for him. Is well worth it, and the matchup's a good one. Don't get me wrong; he should be able to take advantage of of the size and the defensive abilities of this Cavs team. He'll probably see mostly a Coro is what I imagine they'll throw at him. And, of course, not a, a slouch defender necessarily, but Luca's Luca. He can get it done against anybody. So if you do want to spend up, he's probably one of the main options I would look at over guys like Embiid, over guys like Jokic, even if he plays. That's the guy I would go to. But outside of him, not a ton of interest. I think Porzingis is slightly overpriced at 86. I want that to come down a little bit. Um, we're going to start seeing the play drop off now. Luca's back, and he's not getting all the usage in the world. Not paying 57 for Tim Hardaway, just not a guy I play ever, um, I guess you could say. And then outside of that, I guess Kleber as a dart throw you could look at 4K. I think he's there's worse value plays you can you could play. We'll move on to the seventh game. Washington Wizards traveling to San Antonio. They are taking on the Spurs. As far as a game total, it's a 215 and a half. No spread. For Washington, Thomas Bryant remains out. No injury report yet for the Spurs. We'll lead off with the away team, lead off with Washington. Bradley Beal at 92. No, thank you. Uh, just not playing him in this matchup. Not not necessarily because of the matchup, just because of the slate in general. I already talked about it. I'd either rather just go down to guard. 
Um, if I were to go up at the guard position, I would probably be on the other side of the ball to Murray, but I don't know if we need to even do that. So for me, not really playing any of these guys. Did what he sat out that last game. He should be good to go. 6,200. He just hasn't been getting it done on a nightly basis. Kuzma at 64. I think he's viable for uh, for tournaments. Don't trust him enough for cash. But we know his upside when he's taking the shots. So he's definitely in play. But the one guy I wanted to talk about was Daniel Gafford. Now back-to-back games where he's played at least 27 minutes. And those games were relatively close for the most part. I'm expecting this one to stay close for the most part. And if he's going to get 27 minutes, he's a great center option for cheap. Uh, he put up 36.5 DK points, now two straight games. And it's all just about the minutes. You know, listen, he's not even going to burn you if he plays 21. or it's If he gets his minutes out of the teens, which they seem pretty committed to doing at this point. Like, they need his defense. Uh, the dude's been blocking shots left and right. So, 27 minutes of Gafford, or even 25-plus at 4,700, I'm good with it. I'll pay that price tag. It's, a, it's cheap enough where you can go double center, uh, and I'm good with it. On the San Antonio side of the ball, DeJounte Murray coming in at 9,600. I've been playing a load of Murray this season. And it has yet to disappoint me. He, he tends to go low-owned in GPPs. There's a lot of other guys you can spend up on. People just don't want to spend this price tag for him. I, you know, I don't know why. When the dude's pretty much a walking triple-double almost on a nightly basis where he, he has that upside. He's put up 55 three straight games now. The matchup does not scare me off in the slightest. So Murray's in play at 96. And then the other guy, again, hate to get the uh, cliche with these centers, but Pirtle at 97 or, or 57. If 97, we could avoid him. At 5,700, he's in play. Uh, I think I'd rather just save the $1,000 and go to Gafford or spend up on some of those other options that we talked about. But he's definitely in play as one of the options we could look at. And if we need some value, if Vassal and McDermott are both ruled out, Lonnie Walker would probably see a nice little boost in minutes. Um, at 3,600, he'd be in play as well, but not somebody I'm overly excited about. Uh, he doesn't have the highest of ceiling, but he can get you 25 to 28. Um, the floor would probably be somewhere around that. 17 or 16 mark if he's playing 28 to 30 minutes so nothing to write home about but he's definitely in play if you're struggling to find some value i told you guys we're motoring 26 minutes in two games left portland trailblazers traveling to utah they are taking on the jazz jazz coming off of a big win uh a little revenge win i guess you could say i didn't really bank on that game staying too close but 223 game total no Injury report and no spread. We'll start off here with Portland, 9,500 for Lillard. No, thank you. Just hasn't looked right. He's, he's been getting back into form, don't get me wrong. But if I'm paying 95, I'd rather pay 96 for DeJounte. That's simple for me. CJ McCollum coming in at 7,600. GPP at most, not the matchup I want to target him in. If anything, I might look at Nurkic here. I don't love targeting centers going against Rudy Gobert, but bottom line, if Rudy Gobert is playing big minutes, they're going to need Nurkic. They're going to need those minutes from him. We saw him uh, anytime, even in limited minutes, this dude can put up that price tag pretty easily. We've seen him time and time again this season. But if he's playing 30-plus, he should be good. Yeah, I, I don't imagine a world where he doesn't pay that off. But it's really the value I'm probably going to be taking advantage of on this slate or on this team. Like Nasir Little coming in at 35. Norman Powell out. He will probably draw the start. And another guy that can get it done in a few different ways. He's almost averaging a steal and a block this season in limited minutes. The points... They're mediocre, but he could have those games where he hits a couple extra ones. And then the decent rebounder as well. So at 3,500, he'll probably be one of the chalkier value plays on the slate. Not because he's you know guaranteed to put up 35 or 40 or anything like that, just because we don't have a lot of news yet and we don't have a lot of value yet. So if things open up and that changes, absolutely, you can go some different ways. But I think that he's going to end up drawing that start and end up being a rock-solid value play. 
And then that's probably about it for me of what I'm going to be looking at. You know, Larry Nance will probably end up picking up a couple of extra minutes if they slide Covington down to the three, in which case at 3,600, if you want to take a look at him, sure, why not? Uh, don't mind it, especially if we see that, you know, they're trying to speed the game up, you know, take advantage of a little mismatch on Gobert and bring him to the outside, but not somebody I'm overly excited about. So for me, Little Nance, both those guys in play, I prefer Little over him. And I think Nurkic is a GPP pivot. At most, nothing you can trust in cash game. On the other side of the ball, Donovan Mitchell coming in at 8,100. That's too cheap for Donovan Mitchell. I think that's a great salary that we can take advantage of in this matchup. So I do have a, a lot of interest in Mitchell. Coming off of a 45-point game where he put up 21-7-7 against the Pelicans and did so in only 27 minutes. So give me that. I'm good with Mitchell. Don't mind looking at Conley at 59. I prefer spending up a little bit more towards Mitchell. But Conley, night in and night out, has just been playing great. It's just the minutes and the usage. Um, you know, if he scores 20, he's not usually getting big assists or big rebounds. It's been hard for him to put everything together in one, but I, I'm not going to shy away from him either. And then the only other option I would look at is if Royce O'Neal sits again. He uh, missed that last game against the Pelicans. And if he sits again, I think Rudy Gay at 4K played 23 minutes, came out, put up 32 DK points with 13, 7, and 5. This dude can still ball a little bit. He's got a little left in the tank. So looking at him, looking at Ingles, both these guys will probably chop up the power forward minutes. I think Ingles is safer, and I probably would I would end up with more shares of Ingles. But if you wanted to play gay too and mix and match with those two guys, wouldn't fault you. I think those two, if Royce O'Neal sits, would be some of the better value plays on the slate as well, right there with Little. Probably even prefer them over Little ever so slightly. Last game of the night, the Pelicans traveling to L.A., taking on the Clippers. Looking at this team as a 213 game total. And then we're looking at no spread, no injury report. Clippers on the second end of a back-to-back. For the Pelicans, we'll start off here. Brandon Ingram coming in at 7,500. I think that's a very, very com- a comfortable price tag for a guy that we've seen night in and night out put up like a 40-point game. It felt like that was his floor and his ceiling early on in the season. Since coming back from that injury, uh, dealing with the hip injury, it's been a little bit of up-and-down shooting. Now, I don't love necessarily the matchup going against a guy like Paul George, but at 7,500, I think that's a very, we used to say swallowable, which is, you know, you can swallow that price and it's tolerable. So it's a swallowable price tag. I definitely think I can have some shares of him. Uh, Valanciunas at 84. This is where it gets tough for me. Uh, I think I prefer Wood. I think I prefer Vooch. If this dude plays 30-plus minutes, he's going to smash this matchup, but I still prefer those other guys ever so slightly. And then... You know, Josh Hart, 53, decent play. Limited minutes in that last one because of the blowouts. I don't read too much into it, but I think we talked about some other mid-5K guys. I prefer at that forward position a little bit more. Like, I think I'd rather play like Washington or just go down to, you know, Joe Ingles if there's no O'Neal or go down to Nasir Little. So I don't see myself landing on him all that much. And then the only other guy I would even mention would probably be Devontae Graham. I think 4800 is a great price for him. Uh, Matchup, perfectly fine with it. And if he's playing enough minutes, which basically means if this game stays close, he's playing 30-plus minutes. If not, they're going to give Kira Lewis a little bit of run. And I imagine this game stays closer than most people might think. And in that case, I'll have some shares of Devontae Graham. You know, probably less of a cash game play, more of a GPP play. On the other side of the ball, Paul George coming in at 10-2. Had, I think it was like eight turnovers in today's game. Really struggled handling the ball, but still put up 30 points and 41 DK points. Not paying 10-2 for him, though. Uh, it's just that easy. I'd rather go down to Jante Murray at 96 or go up to a guy like Luca. But which, like I said, I don't find myself living in that expensive tier range. I just 
would rather play three to maybe even four, depending on the value that breaks of these mid-tier guys, these 8K guys, these mid-sevens guys. A lot of good options that we've talked about. Not paying 61 for Reggie Jackson. The usage has been there. It's just the poor, poor efficiency that we've been seeing night in and night out. So I'm good with paying that price tag. And then outside of them, maybe a stab on a guy like Terrence Mann at 48, but that price tag's starting to come up. Uh, we can't even look at Hartenstein really as much as a value center just because, bottom line, Abaka's back. Marcus Morris is back. This team's starting to get some of their depth back, which is an issue when looking at some of the value plays that we would normally take advantage of. Even man becomes a little bit riskier to play because he's not guaranteed 30 minutes anymore. So I'm not in love with any of these Clippers for the most part. Don't see myself going to too, too many shares of them. I'll probably take a hard pass on most of them. All right. That brings us home. That is all nine games. So now we will get into our player tier segment. Priced up, guys, like I always said, I'll give two when I'm always by myself. That way it's like as though we have a couple options for these guys that uh, they're not here. Uh, I'll go with DeJounte Murray at 96. I've been playing a ton of Murray. Uh, always ends up with a little bit of a lower ownership, so don't mind that. And then we will go to Big Vooch at 83. So for those wondering what the, uh, what the, what the you know, price limit is, it's 8K and above is what we consider to be expensive. Um you know, take for what you want. Maybe it should be 85 or above because then I'd have a couple more of these mid-tier plays. You know, I could have named three guys in that or four guys even that I have a ton of interest in above that AK mark. Uh, but you heard me mention them on the show. So you kind of know who those guys probably are for the mid-tier. A lot of options to go with here as well. Uh, I think, you know, PJ Washington at 51 is a good value play. I'll have some shares of him. Uh, definitely a guy that I'll be looking at. I think he's going to be fairly chalky. I expect a lot of people to take good looks at him. But if he's starting center, which he should be, uh, even in this matchup, which I don't love for him, he shouldn't have an issue returning at least 25 to 30 DK points for us with upside of 35 to 40 even is in the cards as well. So that's where I'm going to be looking for the mid-tier and for the secondary mid-tier play. We'll go with Mobley at 67. Just love the skill set. It was between him and Porter Jr. It was a tough call. Uh both those guys are excellent plays, but I think I will end up leaning more towards Mobley. And then for the value, really want to see what's going on with this news. Obviously, if I'll give a couple caveat plays. If Royce O'Neal sits again, I think looking at Ingles is a surefire, great value play at 4K. Sign me up. I'd be all over that. Nasir Little, I expect him to draw the start at 3,500. We'll go with him as well. Uh, no Norman Powell. He drew the start for him when Norman Powell sat out earlier in the season. So sign me up. And the last caveat play, who I didn't mention before when running through the games, which I probably should have, would be Facundo Campazzo. He's been playing big minutes for this team, 27, 27, 29, and 28 minutes over the last three games. And if that's the case, decent value play at 3,700. Can get it done with steals. Not a huge score, but assists and steals. And on nights where he gets double-digit shot attempts, I feel pretty comfortable playing him as well. So Facundo Campazzo with P.J. Dozier out will continue to get good run. And that brings us home. Follow me on Twitter, at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And then give us a thumbs up, five star, wherever you listen, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, you name it, we're all over the place. Greatly appreciate it, guys. Jump in the Discord, get that DFS Fantasy Pass over at Sports Ethos, where you can get in the Discord, chat with us before the lock. I'm in there usually, uh, I would say, at least six days a week, if not all seven. One hour before lock, I'm in there every single night trying to answer as many questions, give my thoughts on the slate. Uh, if news breaks, I'll put it in there. We also have uh, all the news that breaks gets in there, but how I react to it is what you'll see in there as well. So 
We'll be back tomorrow. It'll be Santino. It'll be DJ Sammy. They'll be crushing that Tuesday slate for you guys. Thank you, guys. Take care. Let's go win some money.